Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. The baseball season is winding down, but we're about to have the two biggest months of the regular season. So you're definitely going to be wanting tickets. If your team's in, con in, in contention, you might be making a decision kind of at the last minute. You know what? It's Tuesday night. Let's go ahead and go. You jump on SeatGeek. And you're going to guarantee yourself the best prices, even with that sort of uh, game day type of buying, as opposed to buying them in, in advance. And because SeatGeek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or concert, that's 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 kind of how I know. I, I actually use the product here. I have the app on my phone, and it, it's great. It's taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games, and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full pr ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. Now, our listeners will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do to get that $20 rebate is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code SLEEPER, S-L-E-E-P-E-R, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Welcome to episode 378 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Sunday, August 14th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, welcome back. How you doing? It feels good to be back. Um, yeah, after last weekend, uh, it feels good to be able to talk baseball, and uh, I've missed it. Yeah, the worst part is obviously the circumstances under which you weren't joining us. It wasn't just a travel thing. It was more of a personal thing. Uh, we're definitely glad to have you back and, and talking some baseball. Charlotte's psyched. She's barking for you. I mean... <laughs> She's been waiting for this all day. She's like, when are you getting on with Jason? I, I'm ready to start barking. I'm not going to bark at all today until you get on and start talking to Jason. So she's pretty geek. Okay. And my beagle is sitting here acting like a cat, looking like she's trying to dig at a litter box. While she's sitting on the couch. I'm oh, wait. Like, is she digging at doing? the couch? She is sitting sitting at the couch with her left paw and kind of like scratching at the top part of it. Curtis like, used to like, oh, what the hell are you doing? He used to dig on the bed. Curtis would almost like, I'm like, oh know? yeah, she does that stuff too. It was it would it would be so funny and annoying but funny. Uh, we got plenty of baseball to talk about. We got some positive stuff, but we're gonna start on the negative end, Jason. We're gonna start with some injuries, uh, some pretty severe ones. Before we get into some dominating performances. A few that, that maybe somebody on this show had uh, portended early in the season or before the season even. So we'll get into those in a moment, but let's first talk Giancarlo Stanton. He's done again, Jason, Ugh. and it's so frustrating. And I think that he probably gets a longer leash than some of the other uh, regularly injured guys because of the uh, amazing upside that, that Stanton has. But are you are you closer to being kind of done with him at, at the cost that he continues to have? Because I, I don't even know that another shortened year is going to drop Giancarlo's cost because we're going to, you know, time will pass. This will be two months, uh, not quite two months, but, uh, you know, two months out of sight, out of mind. We'll get into the offseason and then we'll start dreaming. We'll start talking about how, you know, he hit 25 in 103 games. What if he plays 150? Okay, well, what if I make the major leagues? Okay, because that, that's just about as likely as him playing 150 games at this point, believe it or not, because he's done it once. And as much as I love Giancarlo Stanton and, and the obscene power that he has, I'm, I'm kind of over it, Jason. I'm a little bit over it. Where are you after a groin injury is going to end his season prematurely? Okay, so this hits close to home because I have him in a in an NL only league, a twelve team NL only league that I am trying to win second place, first place unattainable. So in an NL it's like, too, man. That's in an NL. Tough. So I have forty three dollars too, and and I sent a note out to the the league and saying, hey, I'm serious. I'm going to keep him next year forty three dollars. That said, 
I'd like to win second place in this league. And I I'm out of, this is the league that I've, um, you know, um, Pence was hurt most of the year, a big chunk of the year for me. I lost Drew Pomeranz when he got traded to the AL. Um, you know, Enciarte was up and down. Take it uh, out David, Peralta, David Peralta. And I tra- was able to trade him three days before he went down for the year and got Gerardo Parra and Ivan Nova out of him because he was cheap uh, and keepable for next year, whereas those guys uh, were not and are not keepable. Um, so I had a lot of those things. So now I'm looking at Stanton saying, great. I would I would keep him at forty three dollars because it's power. It's you know it's the twelve team NL. He's if I go back in the draft with inflation, he's gonna go for that anyhow. Absolutely. Uh, you know so, but I put him up on the board and some guy, uh, the guy in first place who's running away with first place who can afford to make deals um, like this. He's like yeah, sure. I, he offered me uh, on help again. I have not clicked except I'm waiting to see what other people are willing to do. Um, but I'm you know I'm gonna trade him, but I would keep him if I don't if I don't trade them i would keep them at 43 bucks next year i'm just i'm a sucker like that um next year may be the year i don't know but i'm a, I'm a sucker for it at 43 bucks because especially in a keeper league i know he's going to go back uh he's going to go for at least that much because guys is, were going uh, 48 52 dollars in this draft last year at, at this point is he a um i don't know that they're a generation apart because i think there's only like six years difference in age but is he kind of this 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 Era's uh, Troy Tulowitzki, where you know, no matter what would happen with Tulowitzki with his injuries, the upside was just so alluring, especially in Colorado at shortstop. It's a little bit different because we're talking about an outfielder, but that transcendent power—the fact that you know, coming into this year, I still kept saying you know, we're going to see a 60 homer season at some point. I'm not, I'm just angry right now. I don't even have him in, in, in a whole bunch of spots, so I don't even know why I'm so mad about it. It's just—it's a bummer. I'm, I'm ticked. I don't, you know, I don't know that it's Stanton's fault necessarily, but God, man, some guys just don't, they don't have the body to hold up. You're just running and, and rip the groin, um, run, running out of double. It's so frustrating. I'm looking at Pagan here. I'm hoping you can do better. Only, I know. Only uh, because like the, 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 the stat line of Pagan, eight, eight homers, 12 stolen bases and 84 games with a 288 average, some runs and RBIs. That's fine. But Pagan himself can be done tomorrow. He, you know, he loves getting hurt as well. So honestly, for me, if I was going to trade him, if I was going to say, you know what, I really want second, and I'm going to go ahead and move a guy that I was, I was going to keep, I would want somebody who is – you can never guarantee it, right? Anyone can get hurt right. at any moment. I would want a little bit more of a stable guy. Yeah, I mean, with with this case in the league, the teams two through six were all about ten points apart, Ooh, and then so there's tight. the next tier. Yeah, then there's the next tier. So I only have a few guys that I can actually work something out with. Okay, but I don't have to do anything uh, in this league. Moves are made, lineups are due on Tuesday, so I've got tomorrow uh, to see how this all plays out. If not, I sit on another week. I just don't have um, don't have much. But again, I. At the price, I'm willing to keep them. If if you don't in your leagues, I can't blame you all. Yeah, uh, you know, once you've been burned a few times, it's kind of like okay, move on, move on to the next guy. But I think you know, I think of of, of the uh, the BJ Upton and the the Will Myers examples this year. Just because a guy pisses you off, yeah, you don't write him off either. And I really try not to do that. I I, I try not to get into that point where you get you get personal with it. And you say, oh, I'm not going to do it. Everyone has their price, right? And, and Will Myers was actually a guy. That, that's why I think I might come around on Stanton as the offseason goes. I'll, I'll be the guy who falls for it and says, ah, you know, I'm, uh, I remember when he got hurt. But we're looking at 103 games. You know, let's just ex- extrapolate that out to 140. I'm not, I'm not even asking for 150. I can still get 45 home runs. Uh, because Will Myers was a guy who hadn't played more than like 80 games, in, well, 88, 87, and 60 and I still looked at him, and he hadn't even reached the heights of a Giancarlo Stanton. This was m- mostly projection with Will Myers, and I still was ready to go to bat for him this year. I was scooping him up left and right, and uh, been enjoying his 2020 season. So yeah, I probably will. I- I- I'll be honest, I probably will get back on the Stanton train. It- it's it's just a bummer. The-, the next guy, though, Jason, I don't think I will. And you know, it's because there there's just. I think there's bigger concerns with his injuries. It's Michael Brantley, and he's officially done for the year as well. And that's a tough one because I think, you know, folks were investing. There was news out there. We know, you know, our colleague Chris List here, uh, you know, who who you know very well from the AL Tout, also Rotowire, Sirius. He's our he's our boy. 
was really in on on Michael Brantley thinking that I'm going to get a discount here. I'll take the little bit of time off, but then I get a a really high-quality guy for the rest of the season that's going to work out well. And obviously it hasn't. He just continued to set back, set back, push back, push back. And now finally they're just saying it's done. Season-ending shoulder surgery on Monday. I will say, though, while it it was a split camp, there were some who were saying, okay, this is going to come back all right. He'll take the time off, and then he'll be good. There were others namely the gentleman I'm speaking to right now who said, what are, we de- what are we doing here, folks? This is shoulder injury for a guy who doesn't have enough power to spare to give any away to a shoulder injury. This is, pro- this is a red flag. I'm out. You, were, you jumped off the Michael Brantley train before the season ever got started, didn't you? I did, uh, and that was because of the personal experience of having my own issues with shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing what that situation was like, um, and then when he came back in May – I was I was still out because I remember talking about this saying, hey, this is rushed. He needs to take his time because it's all about flexibility. You know, when you I, I think I remember talking about Upton again. And when he came back from his uh, 2000, he had offseason surgery in 2008, came back in 2009 and wasn't the same guy. You can't get that that front shoulder extension that you need to. It's just if it's not there, it's not there uh, for him. And that was part of the issue. So, yeah, I was not in on him and a lot of guys and a lot of people were paying it. He was gone. All the expert leagues at labor, uh, any form of labor, any form of tout that he was in, he was going pretty much full price. Yeah, we saw and, Brantley still going at a price where you're like, well, where's the discount? I mean, it's now, shoulders, a couple bucks. With the shoulder, it's all – and even with pitchers, I mean, I'm trying to think of the pitcher the other day that came out and said he's got a rotator cuff issue. And they're saying 18 months for the pitcher. Oh, wow. So it's it's still a throwing position for an outfielder. So that's got to take some time. And and, this, and the, you know you think about the swing and the motion of your and the rotation that's needed for the ball and socket joint of the shoulder. You, it's got to be right. And if if you're trying to rush anything back, I remember when I was going through my first physical therapy on my on my first. I had the exact same injury Michael Brantley had. So my first time through, I was I was 29, 28, 29 years old, 29. Um, so I'm going through this process, and you know, cause I'm young. I'm like, okay, I feel great because you know my shoulder had felt so piss poor for so long. Well, I, I had I had the surgery. I had, I had you as a keeper that year, so this this yeah, hits, yeah, yeah, this hits home for me too. So <laughs> continue. I I can speak from experience, but since you experienced it, go ahead. Even though you you ruined my keeper league team, then. <laughs> so I mean, it goes back. So I, I felt good because my shoulder had been so wrecked for so long, uh, and the, the, my uh, trainer was like, no. Chill out. We're gonna. This is your. Th- this is your throwing program. Because I said, look, I just want to get out there and be able to play softball and flag football again. That's that's all I I'm trying to do here. You played both. Yeah, you used to play. Yeah. both a lot. You used to. I'm trying to get back into softball here now. Um, somebody asked me to join a co-ed team, so we're going to see how that goes because my shoulder is still wrecked um, after the second one uh, just because I'm old. Um, but we were trying to do that and going through the, the slow process, and then so I was able to get back out and play flag football, but I wasn't allowed to play quarterback. I wasn't allowed to throw a football uh, for three months. After surgery, wasn't well, allowed to throw one, and then I wasn't even. Then I could start working towards uh, month four. So, and then forget softball. I wasn't allowed to touch that for a little bit. Um, so that's why, if you think about like pitchers coming back from Tommy John, you know, all of these guys they've haven't felt this good in years. Yeah, because they were pitching through pain. Exactly. And now that they'll have, now that now that the pain's not there. Hey, I feel better. Um, but you 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 have to take your time. And we said the same thing with these with all these pitchers trying to come back early from Tommy John surgery. I'm gonna make it back in under 12 months. No, you're not. Remember when? Remember everybody was drafting Alex Cobb. Oh, still wasn't throwing a pitch. That at the was major league level this year. And we talked about that on this podcast as well. You, you talked about Brantley. We talked about Cobb saying people that were drafting him were nuts. Completely the wrong team to do it too. In terms of a, a, if you wanted to have a team that was going to, you know, lean on the side of maybe rushing him back or letting him get back at, at, on a quicker pace. There's no way Tampa Bay was going to do that. I never understood the idea of drafting Alex Cobb in any league this year. That one just did not make sense to me. But obviously, I, I've got a well-stated position of not messing with Tommy John returners at all so uh it it was not hard for me to kind of ignore those guys but yeah with with Brantley there's another factor too is that he also kind of has a lingering back situation that um ESPN's Stefania Bell has mentioned she's worried about long term 
Like even she, because she gave a bit of a positive outlook, and I don't say it to like slam her that she was hardly the only one that had the positive outlook on the shoulder. The Indians were saying it like it was looking like it wasn't going to be a major situation from the news we got. But even in the midst of that, she was always saying, but long term, you know, this next year and beyond, I don't love Michael Brantley because he also has a back that could begin to flare up. And if you're talking back and shoulder for a guy, I might just not really see uh, Michael Brantley on my, on my fantasy teams much anymore uh, at the draft table specifically. Maybe it's a situation where I would trade for him in the midst of a season, but I don't know that I'm investing draft dollars or a draft pick in Michael Brantley anymore these days. Yeah, it's, that's a guy I can't go back full. I mean, even the 18 he was going for this year. I mean, Michael Brantley, I'm, I'm, I'm dumping out once he gets to 15. If somebody beats me at 15, you can have him. Absolutely. I, I got to treat. Honestly, I'm treating him like Michael Saunders now. And you think about Michael Saunders, sim, you know, lefty, similar, similar skill sets and whatnot. You know, Michael Saunders was a $12 player two years ago, and he sucked. And then I got him for six bucks this year. And and uh, it's been much better, hasn't it? So if you can get if you get Brantley at six bucks next year, that's the thing. <laughs> and there was no discount, and I don't know how the discount's going to go next year. Obviously, there's going to be some. There has to be some, but um, for whatever reason, Michael Brantley kind of maintains his his cachet in the market, or at least he did this year. Well, I'll be interested to see how it goes next year. Like I said, everybody has a price, and I just said I probably won't waste a uh, put a, invest a draft pick or draft dollars on it. But if it gets to the right price. I'll come back around. Uh, Stephen Wright was scratched from his start. We didn't know if it would be a DL situation when Eno and I talked about it. Turns out it is. Um, and so now he is headed to the disabled list. That's about the last thing that the. Uh, oh, wait. How, wait. How did he get hurt again? Oh, sick, sick base running. Pitchers. Pitchers Pretty doing cool, huh? pitching thing. Pretty My cool. favorite thing in the Your world. Your absolute favorite thing. Your absolute favorite. Oh, no. Oh, look at this. Guess who will start Thursday against the Tigers? In his Cletus! Place. Cletus! God, I hope we paced him for 14 runs in Cletus. third of an inning. Would they leave him in to give up 14 in a third of an inning? Is that possible? Would they let him go Vin? That'd be worse than the Vin Mazzaro. I think a lot of you, a lot of folks... Dude, a lot of people don't get that reference. I did that. Uh, somebody was getting shellacked the other, maybe a week a week or two ago. Maybe it was a month ago. You know, It's all blurring. Love but I reference. said, man, dude's going to pull a Mazzaro. And yeah. the guy's like... What the hell is that? I'm like, whoa, wait, how? (laughs) You got to know. First off, the the hilarious and maybe sad thing about Vin Mazzaro, he's got more than one uh, of of just these obliterations. But the one that that is pulling a Vin Mazzaro is when he went two and a third and gave up 14 runs. Uh, And the, the crazy thing about that, Jason, is his first inning, he didn't give up any runs. Yeah, it was all in the second. Just boom, 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 boom. Unbelievable. So, yeah. It's, it's awful to be known by something like that. But, yeah, when I, I mentioned something like that, and guys like, what's a, what's a Mazzaro? I'm like, get out. At least you're known for something, though, right? Delete your account. Yeah, D- delete, yeah delete your account. <laughs> so, um, Eno and I spoke about possibly moving on from Steven Wright in some shallower leagues. He wasn't pitching, you know, he hasn't been pitching overly you know he hasn't been the same obscene guy that he was to start the season he hasn't been bad either it's been kind of okay you know he'll, he'll have a bad one every once in a while but actually coming off of this he he went uh, he threw a shutout in the game that he got hurt believe it or not um so you know th- th- there is that fact or actually no he pinch ran a later game didn't he yes yeah so yes, that, that's even worse he wasn't even it wasn't even his own at bat that Stephen Wright got hurt in. It was when they were in LA. He pinch ran, but you know that, he had a great start there. But you know, it's coming off of two mediocre to bad starts. A good one, mediocre, bad, 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 good. That that that's going backwards. Oh, he was he was all he was in regression land, big time. Yeah, he was he was back to being kind of a knuckleball, kind of the way Dickie is right now. Like Dickie will give you two three good ones in a row, and then you can expect you know, three or four mediocre to bad ones. And that's kind of where uh, Wright had been. What leagues are you keeping him in now, assuming you need the DL spot or you know, or just don't have one for him at this point in the season? 15-team mixed. And He's not in a 12 anymore for me. Yeah, 12 and 10, just, uh, just, you know, and I it. said bye. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, th- I think you guys can make moves right now on Stephen Wright. If you want to try to trade him, have at it. But I just don't think there's going to be any any uh, juice in the market that somebody wants to. You know, they might pick them up when they can get them for free. 
But I wouldn't interpret that to mean, oh, I could have traded him to that guy. He might just say, you know what, I'll take a free shot on, on Stephen Wright, but I'm not going to give up anything of, uh, of, of note. Um, I got to ask you, just because you're, you're a recidivist in this area, are you going to go back to Cletus? No. Because for, no, for a while, it, you and Cletus were, were, were Putty and uh, Putty and Elaine, another reference that a lot of people yeah, won't get. Yeah, until, but until he backed the Cheeto Jesus in the politics. That, that's true. That, that's and interesting. If he renounces that, I will back him again. I doubt he will. He seems like a, a, a perfect person for, for that particular guy. So that is that was that is why I dumped him. It was and, an off-the-field uh, situation. Have him nowhere. It was an off-the-field situation. Don't care. Have him nowhere. Um, but it, like when I'm looking for replacements for right, I mean, I don't know what – Some really depends on the skill you're chasing. But you know, here's – you know, one of the crazy things I like doing is, is trying to pick around for splits. Like in the second half of the season so far – um, best strikeout rate, uh, best K nine in baseball. Who do you think that is? Is he available? Because I was going to say Danny no. Duffy, and he's no, not available. Not available. Oh. Duffy's actually Duffy's not even in the top ten on this. Oh, but um, Darvish. Fernandez. Darvish is third. Uh, Fernandez is one. Guess oh. who's two? And this, you probably need a million guesses, but I'll give you one. Okay. Um, God, who's being Robbie Ray? Bingo. Hey, don't give me a, I don't need a million guesses. <laughs> Bingo. Robbie Ray. I mean, there's somebody ERA is high, but he's getting the strikeouts. The ground ball rates. Nice. And like you it's said, just, when he left, when he leaves it up, it is getting hit out. But if you're going, if you're needing the strikeouts, yeah. you're not going to get the wins, but man, this is the time of year. It's all about counting categories. Forget upside, whatever you are just trying to close gaps. Yeah. It depends what you're chasing. And if you just need the K's and maybe you've got some aces, maybe you have the aforementioned, uh, Jose Fernandez and a you know a couple other guys. You got Verlander and Aaron Sanchez back in the rotation for you or something. You've got a decent staff, but you need you need some K's here. You can you can put in a Robbie Ray for a Stephen Wright. Um, I'd do that than Francisco Liriano and chase those ugly K's. I, I was actually going to say virtually the same thing. It, it would be better than than risking that because that's a situation where he can tank your ERA and WHIP in the blink of an eye. Uh, it's so bad. It's so bad to watch him pitch right now. What about like a, an Eduardo Rodriguez on the same team? By the way, holy crap! Before you answer that, this is one of my favorite little things that happens when I randomly go on a Baseball Reference player page and it says birthday. You know whose dumb birthday it is today? No. Stupid Cletus. <laughs> his birthday. Happy birthday, <laughs> dummy. Anyway, Eduardo Rodriguez, any any interest there? He's, I think he's been pitching a little bit better lately. The, this, the composite numbers are disgusting, 543 and 145 whip. Those will not jump off the page, but that's why you got to dig in. And uh, since – was it injury or – Ocean. It was injury. So since the return from injury, 280 ERA with 32 strikeouts and 10 walks in 35 and a third innings, um, hasn't allowed eight, more than six, three. Six, five, eight, six, six, five, and six on the strikeouts. So what, and, what do we think there? Yeah. Yes. That's I, a, you know he's getting the run support. Yep. Exactly. So I, I think I would take a look at Eduardo Rodriguez right there on his own That's team. Show for that crap. That's unbelievable. Hilariously, of course, because you know, like you said, that team. Not struggling for off. He, so. he only has he has two decisions, both losses in that. That's crazy. Because and he's qualified for a decision. He's qualified for a win in, in four of those five outings. That's supposed to be the the team where if you if you pitch halfway decent, not even a not even a true quality start like six and three. If you go like five and four, you're supposed to be able to get be in line for a W with that team. Mainly because of this next guy. I'm switching up the uh, the uh, rundown on you a little bit to keep all the Boston stuff together here. Mookie Betts with an insane, insane day. The dude is just obscene. He's unbelievable. And he's been incredible. He was a, he was a late first rounder for a lot of folks this year. I know you and I were definitely there. There, there were tons of people. I'm not, not saying we were on 2013 fringe fiver on Carson Sestuli's list. And and guess, guess where – I think you were there that year. Guess where yep. we discovered him? Arizona Fall League. That's where I, yep. that's where I learned about Mookie Betts. Put him on my radar. He was down there beasting out. Really, you know, for me, because I'm not a huge prospect guy, especially for guys that are lower than than AAA, really. Um, you know, I got a little bit of the pulse of AA, but I don't always know the guys. So when he was there, that was kind of my my introduction. And he, he wasn't even, like, super out of his mind, his bottom line numbers. But when we saw him, he kept doing things. He was collecting hits, showing the speed, 
playing some uh, you know passable uh, defense, uh, just tons of contact. So that's where I kind of learned about Mookie Betts. He's been great. Is he a top five player next year? Yeah. I think so as well. Three homers today for his uh, 26th. He went four for six with eight ribbies, four uh, four earned, four runs scored. Um, the eight ribbies put him up to 84 on the season. I mean, he's got 18 stolen bases. He's 18 for 21. So it's not like eye-popping stolen base totals, but he's going to get to 25 probably. Or maybe just, which is, maybe just which is good. Yeah. I mean, right now we've got 10 guys with 20 or more steals. That's, Ten. that's the thing. So maybe it is a little bit It's closer to eye-popping than, than I give it credit for because the, the efficiency is so good too. Like they, They're not going to take that red light away from him. This isn't a guy we do who— have three, We do have three guys over 40 already. VR, Hamilton, and Marte? Marte. Hey, yep. look at me guessing things today. Um yeah, I think he's right top. Betts is, is the second best uh, dollar earner, uh, earner for for everything. I'm looking at the the 12-team mixed uh, earn auction value calculator, and Jose Altuve is the only guy that's, that's besting bets right now. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. That's the same as uh, same thing on the ESPN Player Raider. Altuve is the only guy ahead of him uh, on there. He's actually ahead of him by a substantial amount because his batting average is just so uh, through the roof. It's unbelievable. I remember when he when when Seth Trackman paid forty three for Altuve and Tout Wars because Altuve, if you recall, was the guy that I wanted. Yep. And I was like, man, forty three is insane, and yep. he's earning it and and turning a profit. Yep. It's sick. It's crazy. It's crazy. Six 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 six. We took a different Astro, which I was on board with, though. I I, I really wish we would have gotten a later pick because I really wanted Altuve, as you can attest to, um, in 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 labor mixed. And I just didn't think at the pick that we had. I don't know. We just we just felt we we just want we want to take Correa, and yeah. you know Correa has not been bad, but he has not been Altuve. I don't know that if we added Altuve stats because it's only it's one more homer, it's nine fewer uh, ribbies, but sixteen more stolen bases, a boatload more batting average, and about thirty more runs. I don't know what that would do for us. It certainly wouldn't put us necessarily in contention. Though we had, we've had a lot of injuries and stuff like that, so I'm not really concerned about it. But um, who are your top three next year? Trout, Trout, Altuve, Betts. Yeah, just to kind of take the two guys because like Donaldson, Arenado would probably be like round out the five. With those two spiking this year, Altuve and Betts, I don't feel like I can't buy into it though to continue. You know, sometimes you see the the, the spikier guy. And you're like, well, yeah, he was great. I'll move him up, but I'm not. I'm not taking him at the level right. that. So he's, if, go ahead. I said if, if Altuve drops down 50 points, that puts him in the mid 30s in dollar value, which is where everybody else is right now. Mm-hmm. Betts 36, Trout 36, Daniel Murphy 35. Sweet job, Mets. Um, 30. <laughs> Uh, Josh Donaldson 33, Arenado 31, Chris Bryant. So that's where Altuve drops down. But right now, I don't know how Altuve and Betts, that's going to be two of the first three guys off the board in the draft next year. Yeah, I just, um, I, I know I know it's a big career year, but it was a career year last year, and he got better. I'm not saying Altuve would get better again. At, keep doubting. What's that? <laughs> I said keep doubting him. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I, I was in on the power. I, I thought he would hit another uh, 15 to 18, and obviously he's already got 19. So that 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 was definitely uh, wor- worth buying in on. The speed is unquestioned. The batting average unquestioned. And the one thing I thought would really surge this year was the runs, because weirdly enough, for as good as Altuve's been, 86 runs was a career high last year. He's got that already oh, this year. Yeah. Yep. In in 40 fewer games. So. Altuve's a monster. Bet's a monster. Mike Trout's a monster. You know, Zach Granke was the one who was pummeled there in uh, in Fenway. Nine earned in an inning and two thirds. That God, that is so tough to swallow. When yeah, when that, that Arizona team may be one of the biggest disappointments in recent memory. Are they bigger? They're a bigger disappointment than San Diego. Or are they very similar? Right. No, I didn't believe in San Diego. There was, there was a good contingent me. that uh, that didn't buy in. Not even not even just with hindsight. It was ahead of time. With like, what, wait, wait, what, what, what are we getting psyched on the San Diego team? I was not one of them. I picked them to be second in that division. Although I did not pick them for a wild card. Thankfully, I just thought they would but, they would yeah, do all that, right, but they were terrible. Oof, the 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 Granky, the the Miller. Um, you know, Peralta getting hurt, everything else happening out there, losing Pollock obviously didn't help. Um, the only thing that went right was Segura. Yeah, 
I mean, that, that, that uh, Corbin's been a nightmare. Corbin's been absolutely Shuffle. horrific. So the thing about Granky though, is he'd been back on track, right? You know, before the injury was good, came back, looked, looked all right in his first outing and then just gets torched here. And this is, man, that's tough. Would, I guess you could have, he has not been good enough this year to where you have to start him everywhere. I could, I could see some folks, you know, skipping out on this start in a daily transactions league and, uh, you know, maybe not taking this hit where you say, okay, uh, Zach Granke's been better and I can feel like I can trust him in most spots, but I don't want to send him into Boston. If you, if you were that, if you were the person that had that foresight, uh, hit us up on Twitter because I'd be interested to know if anybody did go ahead and do that. I would have started him. I don't have him anywhere, but I would have started him just because I was thinking he was back on track to being trustworthy everywhere and he was not. Um, all right, let's move on, Jason. Let's talk about Brandon Moss because, you know, I know you know this. He actually leads the Cardinals in home runs this year. Somebody suggested that he might this year, and it was you writing it up over at uh, Rotowire, I believe. That was one of your p- predictions that you thought Brandon Moss would, would bounce back and, and lead the team in, in home runs. So far he is with 20 He's got a good chance to, to keep that going. I don't see anybody that's necessarily going to race past him. The guy that's directly behind him, Matt Holliday, just hit the DL. So it would take like a Jed Jerko or a Randall Grichuk or a Steven Piscotti uh, catching up and, and passing him. And it would probably have to go with a Moss injury because otherwise I don't see any reason he won't continue to hit hit for power. After a down year last year that was you know, very likely due to injury, um, with Cleveland and then and then the last part with St. Louis, his I think his hip was still bothering him. He's been back on track to a point that's almost at a career level, really. When you think about it, um, it looks like the 2012 breakout that he had with Oakland, and he only did that in 84 games. So if he continues the rest of this year, this will probably qualify as uh, a career year. Uh, yeah, it will. I mean, last year we kind of like the Will Myers thing. If you're not healthy, you can't hit. Just, and that was really the thing with, with Moss last year is he wasn't fully healthy. But two years ago, I mean, he was coming off the hip surgery um, off season. So coming into 2015, maybe he, too, came back a little early. But when you have when you have that much of your offseason disrupted by injury, you know, it throws you off. These guys are creatures of habit. They like doing things. And so that much of your offseason uh, being changed, it's going to affect you. And it did him last year. I mean, he just wasn't hitting the ball as far as he normally did. Mm-hmm. Now he's right back on track, and he's got 20 homers, which is better than where he was in 2013. Um, he has 20. Uh, home run to fly ball rate was 19% back then in 2013. He ended up with 30 home runs that season. He's got an outside shot at that right now, needing 10 over the final six and a half weeks here, um, so he can possibly match it, hit 30 again. Uh, it's just a matter of getting healthy. That's why if you think back, if you want to start prepping for 2017, start writing down the guys that end the year hurt. Uh, and those guys that are stinking down the stretch because they're hurt, and those are the guys usually take a flyer on later in the draft because if they've done it before, good shot they can do it again once they're healthy. And this, again, prime example here, and Will Myers is probably the best example of it this year. Or find the guys who came into this year hurt, have had a down season, and but you know haven't been great, but now are going to have their their regular off season and can bounce back too, right? You know, find find those undervalued guys like, like that. Um, because the guys who end hurt might end up having another sketchy offseason that that impacts them next year. So um, it's going to kind of be interesting to see how, how this finishes up with the Cardinals at, at, from a team play standpoint. Because they do, they are kind of you know right there in contention for that wild card. But they seem to lose a player every day. Matt Adams, Aladmus Diaz, Matt Holliday all on the DL. But every time they lose a guy, somebody else steps up. So we'll see if you know Brandon Moss gets gets even hotter. He's been really good, 902 OPS, but. He can he can get you know super hot again and just keep going. There's a chance he's available in some shallower leagues, and I w- I would be interested in looking at him. I know he he has a 902 OPS as I just said, but I don't know that Brandon Moss is is on a team in every 10 and 12 team league because power has been so plentiful this year that 20 even 20 bombs on the uh, on the waiver wire might not jump out as must have. I, I would scoop him for the stretch run because this is a guy who can get super hot and, and hit you, you know, 12, 15 the rest of the way if he goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of going crazy, he, he, he had a shutout today and eclipsed the, uh, the threshold for AL innings. So he now qualifies for the uh, ERA title. And Michael Fulmer is leading the AL in ERA by a lot. His 225 
is uh, well above or, or well below, I guess, what much better, I will say, with ERA than uh, Danny Duffy's 282, which, of course, is also great. Michael Fulmer's been awesome. Now, the skills do not fully back, like the strikeout-walk ratio, like the FIP that he has does not fully back what we're seeing. But I think all you really need to do is grab a seat, watch an outing, and you understand where it's coming from. It doesn't come with a ton of strikeouts, but he can still look overpowering even when he's not getting strikeouts. Just getting tons of weak contact, uh, you know, getting hitters to do exactly what he wants, roll over this, pop up that. I mean, he just looks so good. I love watching Michael Fulmer every fifth day. Yeah, I, when I when I saw him pitch uh, both times against the Rays, it was just amazing to watch. You know, when I saw him the first time, I was like, "Yeah, this is one of the best pitching uh, pitching performances I've seen all year." And you just watch him watch him do his thing, and it, it's fun to watch. Like I said, you know, it's not gonna it, it won't hold up. He's gonna be there's some there's some downs coming up. You just hope it doesn't happen until next year after you guys are raising the trophy. Yeah, let the, um, let the clock yeah. run out on the season, and we'll, we'll take some bumps <laughs> next year. But come on, like let's let's just keep he and Verlander as a one-two punch and overtake Cleveland for the division because bright young future. He's obviously you know one of those guys that kind of went maybe at the end game or in the reserve rounds this year. That's going to be a twenty-dollar pitcher next year at drafts. Crazy thing is, and AL leagues. So I'm not talking mix, but he's going to be a twenty-dollar pitcher. You're going to hear a lot of folks um, talk about in, when we go to Arizona. We're going to hear a lot of people talk about how they cut Michael Fulmer and that he ended up doing all the good stuff for somebody else because through four starts. He had a 6.52 ERA. He was struggling to kind of get through um, even five innings. And Just it, needed and, Tampa Bay to get him on track. Exactly. And it was that game that really spurred him. This, <laughs> it the, truly was. Uh, 11 strikeout, one walk, four hit game in seven innings where uh, an Evan Longoria home run was the only damage against him. And that's where he started to unleash the changeup that has made Michael Fulmer such a good pitcher. Since then, uh, he has only allowed more than three earned one time. And it was against the White Sox. that outing because on the side they were like, oh, because uh, I was watching it at my mom and stepdad's house. And uh, it was like the, he's been old for over four, rough start, and like watching the first inning. And even my mom was like, this is the same guy that's 0-4? I'm yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, this that's not how he pitched because I did see one of his previous starts, uh, a little bit of it. But I'm like, yeah, no, this is different. <laughs> that, that was the guy with the 6.52 ERA who'd allowed a bunch of homers and, again, was was sputtering to get through five innings. Interestingly, that was his home debut, though, too. Those first four starts were all on the road. Gets a chance to get home. Uh, J- apparently, James McCann was the one that kind of told him, listen, let's, let's focus a little bit more on the changeup here and, and see where it goes. And it's it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. They've been a great uh, one-two punch. He and Verlander atop that rotation for the Tigers. In a mixed league, what, what are you looking at for for Michael Fulmer next year? Uh, one of those one of those fifteen to seventeen dollar yep. guys. Yep. Yeah. He's gonna be, he's gonna be in that stack. If we think back to this year, where you know guys like Stroman and Salazar were going twenty, or maybe even last year, or uh, Carrasco is like that twenty dollar in the AL. That's kind of where I see Fulmer going the, the next year. Yeah. Um, but in the mixed league, he's gonna be one of those comfortable fifteen, sixteen dollar low end two guys for somebody. Um, and, and and going down that route, I think there's strikeout upside going forward as he kind of, you know, even learns more. I think he'll he'll figure out how Fulmer can get strikeouts while also staying efficient because I think right now efficiency is his key and so he's not really that worried even in you know nice two strike counts he's still fine with a weak dribbler to Jose Iglesias for the easy out as opposed to the punch out I think as he gets better I think we've seen enough swing swing and miss from Michael Fulmer that a strikeout per inning is certainly not out of the question. All right, so off topic only because uh, his name was on a board. Um, where do we draft Jay Happ next year? Oh, man, that's really interesting because he's been really good. And lately, he's looking like a lot like the Pittsburgh version. If you look at the bottom line this year on his skills, it's not, you know, it, it screams super regression. But when you dig into the to the game log, he's got he's now got a chunk of games here where he does look like look like that Pittsburgh version uh, with the strikeouts ticking back up. He's got 71 strikeouts over his last 60 in the third innings. That's 10, yeah, 10 that's starts. Why his, name, his name was 10. He's 11th in strikeout rate in the second half of the season at 10-3. Uh, you know, behind Gaussman and JV and Archer, Strasburg. Colin McHugh is, uh, is up there striking at 11 per nine right now, by nice. the way. Nice, that curveball um, worked. But that's, what happened, he's won 10 of his last 11 outings. Um, he's had one stinker where he allowed 
five earned runs and nine hits and got the win. Uh, thanks because they were play, they were pitching in Colorado. That was that Ooh. that was the day I left Colorado. I remember watching that day game uh, from the airplane. Uh, so I remember that game uh, bombing out uh, for them. But when you look at the rest of it. You know, the, he's had 11 strikeouts, nine strikeouts, 11, six, seven. If we look at the body of work since he's been traded from from uh, Seattle, he's like 23 and six with it's a sick. 270 something ERA, a yeah. 1.04 WHIP, and it's something I wrote about at, at uh, RotoWire this weekend. And yeah, they talked about Sears talked about how he uh, helped him uh, helped him to stop over rotating um, and be more consistent with his arm slot. And you look at the, his cluster of release points for his fastball, and it was this like it looked like a shotgun blast. Uh, and then when you when you looked at post being blessed with Sears' instruction, <laughs> and then you now you see more of a nice tight cluster um, on his release point. So it's when, what he's doing. I mean, he's pitching like Cole Hamels. Really, I mean this. This is Cole Hamels, and you paid next to nothing. I think I paid six dollars for him in my AL in an eleven-team AL keeper league. I paid six bucks for half. Excellent breakdown, by the way, over at RotoWire. I just I, I hadn't read it yet. I just kind of scanned over it. Man, you really you really went deep there to kind of uncover what's going on with him. And remember when the, when they signed him for three thirty-six, it was derided a bit. Like, oh, what are you doing, bringing him back to Toronto, bringing him back to the American League? You know, he's not going to be what he was in in. Um, in Pittsburgh, and he and for the you know the beginning part of the year he wasn't, uh, but you know he's kind of turned actually immediately out of the gate he was good, and then he fell on some hard times did uh, Jay Happ, and then he got back on track again. It's it's kind of been an up and down sort of season. Early in the year though, when he was having success, the skills were weak, the strikeouts weren't there, the walks right. were were you know, still pretty high. So it was really interesting. Now, again, it looks a lot more like the Pittsburgh version. Where would I draft a 34 year old J hap next year? What would I pay for him? I think I would, I think I could pay double digits if I had to. And I don't know that I'll have to, I, th- I think he's one of those guys that no matter how well he does, the price is just not going to, it's not going to go above a certain level. Like, is he going to even cost you $10 in a mixed league? Probably won't. So like seven I mean, you bucks. Think, uh, you're looking at a season where he's got an 82 percent left on base rate, yeah. and his, he's got a full run between his ERA and his xFIP. I mean, just I don't think I don't think he goes. He may in in a in an AL league, he probably goes maybe 12 at the most. But in the mixed league, he shouldn't because there's still too much of a gap, and it's still J Hap. Yeah, you know, and he's 34. And he's 34, so was, there's no upside. Uh, with him, but just when you look at, I, I made this, I made this, this tweet half jokingly, but tell me he's not going to get first place votes for the Cy Young this year. Of course he is, because it, because Ronald may win that division. Yeah. Uh, he may, he's probably going to get twenty wins. He needs four more over his last. He's got twenty three starts now, so he's got nine more starts the rest of the way. What if he gets he's like seven Ws somehow? Like, what if he's got twenty three, twenty four wins too? That's going to jump out and be a tiebreaker. We know that the voters don't go, you know, automatically crazy for wins anymore to their credit, but they'll, they'll still use it as a tiebreaker if two guys look look good together. But this guy has 24 wins, and the other guy's got 17. They're going to go for the 24 guy. A 20-win guy right now with a sub-3 ERA on a team that may win the division. I He is going to get some first-place votes, and that may be the most shocking thing. If you would have told me that in March, I would have laughed, uh, and I would have pulled a muscle laughing. There's, it yeah. Have something. It would have been like, yeah, whatever. And, and that's really – but he's been doing this for a year and a half now. Yep. Uh, and it's not this nice late renaissance, and that's the key to finding success next year is who's the next guy that finds that? You know, who's the who's the guy? Maybe it's just as easy as like, who, okay, maybe it's Avon Nova because the, the the Pirates just traded for Avon Nova and Avon Nova and Jay Happ want to look for a career path that's about the same. Yeah. It's like – Everybody's tired of him, and here comes Nova. So, you know, my advice, keep an eye on Nova. See what he's doing the rest of this season. Maybe don't roster him, but just keep an eye and see if Ray Sears is doing anything different to him because that could be the guy that comes out of nowhere next year um, because – it, you know, we've seen Nova. We know he's got some stuff. If he could ever there, – there's times where you watch him, you're like, man, this guy's got the talent. The, where yes. is it? Yeah. 
So that's I'm kind of that's one of my homework assignments for the rest of this year is to watch and see what what Sears is going to do with Nova because I mean he took Hap where nobody else was seeing potential made two tweaks and now this guy is pitching like Cole Hamels and fantasy owner there's there there are guys and gals winning their fantasy league this year because they picked up Jay Hap yep one hundred percent and you're damn right that he's going to get some side like he's going to get his little Cy Young uh, marker next to his name on Baseball Reference. And you never thought he would have that. He's got. He's got a. Now, my predictions were not not very good this year. But you mentioned Moss. My other one, Jay Happ finishes the second most valuable pitcher on the Toronto starting staff. And that's how it's going to go because Sanchez could be the uh, the top guy. I said it was going to be behind Stroman. Uh, so, but I had Happ up there as a second guy. He was the he was fighting for the fifth job in the rotation uh, coming into camp. And I said, no, this is the year to buy in on him. So, Moss and Happ were my two things to hang my hat on in bull predictions this year. The rest of them were kind of crappy. I will say though, you know, this is the uh, the Jason made good predictions show because we talked about Brantley as well, who you were who you were out on early. So, hey, Jason makes really good predictions still. You guys got you guys got to listen to him. Corey Dickerson. So, <laughs> um, speaking of Corey Dickerson, his former teammate out in Colorado is, is kind of out of his mind right now. Even though they're not even in Colorado, Charlie Blackman just went. <laughs> What's that? They're in Colorado East. One of my best friends has been up there for uh, for a bachelor party this weekend, and he's been to the games. And he's just like, "Good God, Charlie Blackman is killing us." It's unbelievable. Yeah, you, you talk about your buddy a lot, who's a Philly fan. And uh, they are they are getting a taste of him. I mean, you're right; it is playing like like Colorado East, the way the ball is flying out for at least Blackman. But um, five home runs this weekend in Philly, a, a three pack and a two pack, uh, up to twenty this year, a career high for for Charlie Blackman. Definitely somebody that was was drafted high this year because of of what he's been able to p- put together and being in Colorado. It's not hard to take the gamble on on him, even with a high pick. But the interesting thing is that he might be disappointing a little bit to some folks if they map their team around the fact that he had 43 stolen bases last year, hoping that he would be a big steal guy for them. And he hasn't. He's really kind of shifted more to the uh, to the power side of his offense. He still has 15 out of 20, which is nice. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he had 43 last year, 28 the year before. You know, he's going to get 20-something this year, but he probably won't even reach that 28. But he's hitting 321. That This is not even with today's uh, stuff. 1857 for the homers and RBIs before today, and we know that's up to 20 homers. 321 average, 15 stolen bases, 76 runs, and like I said, 57 ribbies. He's been great. He's going to be 30 next year. Uh, let's assume he's still playing for Colorado. Are you bumping him up higher? I think he was what a second or third round pick this year. Yeah, he was mid second, I think. And and you know, do you bump him up to the top of the second? Do you leave him the same? Do you, is he is he a potential first rounder in like a fifteen teamer? Can you can you no, go that no, high? I don't think run, I can. He's not running. A, no, no, he's not. He's not. I can't go that high. He's not really doing enough. I mean, he's got the outside shot at the twenty twenty this year. Because well, and he's un- years at twenty twenty. He's unlikely um, to turn the running back on at thirty. If anything, he'll get a pop. But or the batting average. I mean, there's been about a fifty point variance in his batting average the last couple of years. Yeah, he's up. At- that's a lot of. That's a lot of instability. He's up for three twenty one. Yeah, yeah, and that's a career high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's been it's been all over the the last couple of three full seasons two eighty eight two eighty seven oh hey three twenty one. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not ready to move him up. I thought it was a little bit of a reach in the second round, but you know, again, going back to the Altuve thing, he's proving me wrong there too. So he's earning second round value right now, but there's no upside here because he's in the best place he could possibly be. No, I, uh, I, I agree. With you. So nothing's changing there unless he becomes a Yankee and can yank at that short porch. That's about the only thing that can maybe make it better. But I, I kind of like where he's at right now, just fine. He's been great, Charlie Blackman. Um, Jason, I don't really have anything else today. Anybody else you really wanted to? Uh... A's unsure if Gray will pitch again this season. So uh, Sonny Gray and Rich Hill. Uh, I'm I don't know what's going to happen. Rich Hill's start delay was pushed back yet again. Um, did you get a bunch of uh like Aaron Judge? I, I, I jokingly said that Aaron Judge has an outside shot at the home run title this year. That's hilarious. Uh, after his debut this weekend. Um, uh, and that dude's. I mean, you. You and I both stood next to him down on the field last year. Monster. Yeah, just this past November. I mean, he makes both of us – we're tall guys. He makes both of us feel small. Honestly, he, gigantic. he draws the Giancarlo Stanton comparisons to his size, 
He doesn't have the same kind of profile coming up with, with the over-the-top power. But when you look at him, that's what it looks like. Like you, you, you're seeing this football type player in the box, and that, and it really just, you're like, wow, what am I looking at here? This guy's on, uh, incredible. Um, he and Tyler Austin with the really interesting, what a great debut, right? For both of them yeah. to go back to back like that. that. First time ever, uh, two teammates have hit their home runs and their major league debuts, and and also did it in their first plate appearance. That, that's so freaking awesome. Um, how do you feel about them the rest of the year? Like, what, what, where are they pickups? How, how much are you interested in in Aaron Judge and Tyler Austin? If I'm chasing, if I'm chasing the power, I'm obviously going to pay for Judge. I just had this conversation um, with a uh, common friend of ours, and he's like, "Hey, I'm in first place. Um, should I pick him up? But they've got to be able to produce for me the rest of the way if I want him for next year." And the, he listed like, "Hey, I, I'd have to cut like Tyler Naquin and a couple." I'm like, "No," I said, "I would really stay put." I mean, as much as I like these guys for the long term, like he has. He was interested in Gary Sanchez, but he's got Yasmani Grandal who's hitting out of his mind right now. And I'm yes, like, I can't, recommend, I can't recommend cutting Grandal for for Sanchez's upside because while you're in first place right now, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to flop it out the, the final six weeks. But I can't recommend that. And then a couple other guys, I'm like, these guys are gonna be they should be good, but I can't recommend you dropping these guys um, like this. So um, I'm putting in, I put in about 95% of what I have left in tout wars for Austin. Cause I also have to share and I'm just trying to get above the 60 point threshold and trying to salvage the season that way. And so I don't lose any fab dollars next year. I like that. Uh, so I threw, I threw 95% of what I have left uh, at Austin. Uh, I don't know if I'll get them, but I, I threw it that way. And, uh, Got to, I really do have to take a shot because I'm just trying to get some of those counting categories um, out of it. But I think Judge, I mean, he's got he's got two homers already, and uh, the, this, today the second one was cheap. The first one was anything but. Yeah. Uh, first one, bomb. Uh, second one was the Yankee Stadium job, uh, kind of like Tyler Austin's. Hey, uh, but they're going to keep playing there, so they get more yeah. Yankee Stadium so, jobs. I mean, maybe, maybe Austin, maybe. Uh, Judge can do a Kevin Moss and hit like ten plus the rest of the way, or Shane Spencer maybe, who had. Play. Yeah, that too. Uh, but he's going to play every day, uh, and for better or for worse. And just I think, major he's going to get he's going to have some issues with some major league pitching. It's going to happen. Yesterday it was Matt Andrees, and that's not major league pitching. That's a swing <laughs> guy. Uh, today it was Jake Odorizzi, and he got one. He took it the other way, and uh, fence scraper at a three ten gap. Um, so we'll see what happens with some of the other guys that have more swing and miss in the game and see where that, we'll see where that goes. Uh, because that, that's a long swing. There's, when you're six, seven, you're that big and it's not a very fluid thing uh, that can happen. So I'm just curious to see if I need power, I'm absolutely going to buy him because they've said he's going to play every day and, and he should be. Yeah. You got to, you got to take a shot on them. Put, if you, you put him in there at right field and just set it and forget it. Cause they're going to play Ellsbury, uh, Ellsbury, Gardner, and Judge are going to be that outfield the rest of the way. So if you're looking, if you're an Aaron Hicks guy looking for some, looking for whatever value you get out of Aaron Hicks in the deep AL league. Sorry, uh, Sorry, yeah. I, I recommended Aaron Hicks pretty heavily this so year. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely sorry about that one. Uh, Jason, that's going to wrap us up. Great talking to you again about baseball. We'll, we're going to be back next week. Are you traveling? Um, no, next week I will be home. Back again then. All right, have, have a great week, and I'll talk to you next Sunday. All right, man. Thanks.